Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed. And this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, my name is Marek Larwood. What are you doing that with your hands? Well, I was... You ruined this as a prize. <laughs> I wanted the audience, because audi- one person is at that time, to think, what is wrong with Marek? What is, has David added a sound effect in post? No, all I'm doing <laughs> is cupping my hands around my mouth and slightly pressing my nose to give it a, a nasal thing. It, you sound like uh, Bane from Dark Knight Rises. No, no sort of more like Bane's accountant. <laughs> yeah, they just going, Ah, oh, this is what Bane sounds uh, like. Bane, OK, you can claim for face masks, yes. razors for cutting your hair. I need to do that a lot, otherwise and, I look stupid. And explosives, you can claim for... I blo- need many explosives for my plans. You can claim back for that. But that try, that's wonderful news. But don't blow up the receipts, OK? I was born in the dark. Okay. I did, did you, I was born nor- in the dark. I've gone back to normal. <laughs> I've gone back to normal. I've gone back to normal because I thought it would be too much. Yeah. I'm. Um, if I was the first, if it's the first time I ever listened to this, I would have, I would have gone by now. Yeah, but we don't want you. If you, if you're not going to enjoy us pretending <laughs> to be Bane talking to his accountant, <laughs> we don't want you. That's basically. The thing. Well, I've gone back to being Bane. It's alright. If you want. To- if you want this podcast to be successful, you really need to widen the scope. <laughs> no, this podcast will from here on just be Ben and his accountant. But do you want this to be just a... a, a, a I mean, do you want to just be a bold... I've brought my receipts. <laughs> I've got all of my receipts. This is this is June through September. And I've bought rather a lot of bullets. Well, I'm surprised you keep your receipts in a Clark's shoebox. It's what I had to hand. Well, there we go. That would be a good film, wouldn't it? It would be a fun film. I, you know what? Dark Knight Rises is a piece of shit. And I really liked Bane. There's just something comedically bonkers about him because it was clearly a choice Tom Hardy had made. Yeah. After they told him his deep criminal voice was unintelligible, so it's such a weird choice. You want to see, but last week I talked about a film called Patterson, which is about the mundane bits of someone's normal life. It'll be really interesting to see what what Bane does on the days he's not murdering people when he's just got to go. Do you know what? Oh, I've got 
The shoelaces have gone on this one of these tree things. Where can I get shoelaces? Well, it's got from? a mask. He can't eat anything apart from like soups. Yeah, but he eats like those power drinks. To yeah, get but they'll. Up. But all of the powder would get really stuck in his. It clogged in his mask and stuff, wasn't it? Oh, poor Bane. Poor Bane. Well, I spend a lot of money on pipe cleaners <laughs> to clean my face. He's. Uh, I love Bane. And they tax. They be tax deductible then. Oh, I hope so. If they're part of his, well, what's his job though? I mean, international terrorist. I mean, imagine being the guy. If he ever gets called up to investigate, you have to follow Bane around and make sure and see whether it's work quick. So can to you audit Bane? If you call, we your, could do a film called Auditing Bane. If you call yourself an international terrorist, yeah. I don't know if you have to submit a. Uh... Is it a job title? Well, yes, it is, but you can't you can't have anything illegal as a job title, though, can you? No, you don't put burglar, do you? You couldn't put terrorist, international ter- terrorist. No, hitman. Uh. No, you'd have to put something else. You have to have a cover story about what this enormous man in a leather vest and a mask. Maybe does. you made it with some sort of cult. If it's a religious thing, could you do it? Maybe. I'll remove asbestos from schools. That would be very good. Asbestos <laughs> removal, man. This is just a mask to help me with the asbestos. That's how he funds everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is really... This podcast has really changed. It has a lot. You know what? Let's talk about films. Um, you've seen something this week. Well, I'm doing. I'm still rehearsing a, a play. Uh, my life is gone. So I've had to watch DVD. Hang, hang on, I don't think you allowed it both ways. Look, we don't need to linger on it, but you you complained when you're unemployed, and now you are employed, uh, ostensibly as the thing that you claim to be, which is you know an actor yeah, and a comedian. Yeah, I, I want to. And do... now you're moaning about being employed. Yeah, because it's our I, listeners are thrilled for you, and you're not letting them. Be I just happy. want have to do really well paid acting jobs. Oh right, where it's just the... like Bond or yeah. or D- Young Dumbledore, something like that. Yeah, not having to. Ponce around in a Father Christmas costume and sing songs. Okay, fair enough. For shit money. Yeah. I want to do films where I'm really well paid and I've got a caravan. But do you think Daniel Craig didn't have to ponce around in Santa Claus outfits yes, before? I'm yeah, sure. you're right. He never did that. He never uh, did that. I So lately I've started talking to myself in the street. And, um, oh, God. <laughs> you really sunk low. Okay. And what happened? Well, I keep on saying, one of the words I'll say is a million pounds. Because I think if I had a million pounds, then that would be... I do the lottery and hope that I get a million pounds. I mean, I give a bit away to my family. Yeah. And I'd have enough for... Uh, I'd give away 200 grand. I'd have 800 grand left. I'd have enough for a nice house. And I'd probably just about not be have to work again. Yeah. Maybe just get a job delivering milk or something. You think... You could cover all of that with one million pounds. Well, the point is, I'm trying to get to the film that I watched. One of my favourite films, a really underrated film, is called Brewster's Millions. Brewster's Millions. Now, this stars Richard Pryor. In- Richard Pryor and John Candy. Two oh, of the Two of the absolute greats. I've not seen this in years. You're making me hanker to watch it again. Yeah. Because the, the setup is so weird and it, it sort of... Uh, ties you in, isn't it? That somebody in their will has said you well, can have my millions if you manage to spend. What here's, is it? Here's the brief synopsis. Okay. Uh, Richard Price, a down and out baseball player. Uh, he used to play in the major leagues. Now he's playing for the Hackensack Bulls, which are a team in New Jersey. It's a good name. John, he's a pitcher. John Candy, he's the catcher. They're friends. They're quite happy in their lives. Somehow, <laughs> 
Richard Pryor's related to a distinctly white oil billionaire. <laughs> sure. Who leaves him, who we didn't even know about, who leaves him as amount of money. And the premise is, he has to spend... He Either we can get a million pounds now... Yeah. Which is enough for a house and just to do the... Or... He, and he which, can gamble. Because this is 1985, where a million pounds is probably 10 million pounds. Or he can gamble, where he has to spend 30 million pounds, but not just spend it and have nothing to show for it at the end of the 30 days. Yeah. And then he gets 300 million. But there are but rules about what not, is it. So, so he basically has to spend it on services, doesn't he? Because he's not yeah, allowed he's not to have, have anything. any material good. He has to come walk out with the same shirt on his back yeah. as he had, and he's not allowed to tell anyone. So it's just the crazy ride of this. Of trying to spend 30 million in. Is it three days? Uh, no, in 30 days, I think it is. Okay. Or is it a short, a fairly short. Uh, uh, it's a short amount of time. Maybe it's a week, isn't it? But he's not allowed to just give it all away, is he? He has to actually pay people for no, this. No, it's sort of vague. It's vaguely. It's thirty days, yeah. Uh, and things stop. This is one of the best feel. I watch it. This is one of the DVDs I bought to watch. You know, with my nan. You know, with yeah, yeah. for adults. Uh, sorry, uh, grandparents who don't like swearing or much swearing. It's such a brilliant. Every time I watch this film, which is once every five years, I'm always. It's one of those films where you think, oh, that's, that is always as good as I thought. And I feel genuinely happy. Yeah. I feel genuinely... I like all the characters. It's a, a feel-good film. And I don't know how you would improve it. I love it. I give it nine Mariks. And I just think, in the, the 2016s, been a pretty bleak year... Brewster's Millions is a perfect film to watch over Christmas. If you don't want to watch the traditional Christmas stuff everyone talks about, yeah. get Brewster's Millions on. Maybe in the uh, post-Christmas, January the 1st, 2nd, you know, when it's like, oh, yeah. God, not again. Get Brewster's Millions out. On January the 1st, 2017, when we go... We made it through 2016. The curse is lifted. And then the news that David Attenborough has passed away in a yachting accident with Michael Palin. And you and go, he's oh, plowed into no. Michael Caine's yacht and killed him. <laughs> yeah, and Sean Connery was caught in the explosion. I mean, these were people... Who else is sort of quite... Uh, Bob Dylan. Yeah, Bobby and he was watching it. He read the news and he had a heart attack. And then... And Bruce Springsteen uh, was also trying to save them all and also died in the fire. 2017 for you. Watch Brewster's Millions and it'll cheer you right up. Uh, there are lots of feel-good films, but I don't think anyone, no one really talks about Brewster's Millions. No, it's an odd one, isn't it? Well, they, with Richard Pryor, people talk a lot about, is it Superman 3? Superman 3, they talk about... And his, his ones with... See um, No Evil, Hear No Evil with Gene Wilder. And there's another Silver, one which, Silver, Silver Streak or something he did. And yeah, they did uh, a, a few, few with Gene Wilder, didn't they? And they're the more famous but ones. But this isn't really... Uh, it's not especially a funny film. This is a, a, a more... Of, I think this is a good family film. Yeah. Although he might say bullshit a couple of times, isn't it? Disgraceful. But, I mean, kids these days, they're probably saying that more before they can say mum. <laughs> So it's, it's mostly kids' first words these days. Bullshit! Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I haven't watched it in years and you've made me hanker for that. those better times. 
I really loved it. So if you can't get Bane talking to his accountant... Because <laughs> that won't be out for a few years. Then, uh, yeah, you should watch Brewster's Billions. All right. Um, well, good. Where did you track it down, by the way? Where did you find it? I just looked on a list of... It's when you go on IMDb mm. and you look for lists of films in a certain... Or they've got people who make lists in the sidebar. Yeah. So here's my top 20 films. Here's my top 20 80s films. And a lot of the ones you think, oh, I've seen that before. But occasionally, if you want to get an idea, if you know the genre of the film you're... Yeah. So say you search for Ghostbusters, uh, which I also watched recently, and I thought was surprisingly sexist and a bit dated. Oh, I haven't really? seen that in five or six years. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's the uh, ghost sucking him off scene, isn't there, which is a bit weird. Yeah, that is totally necessary. But uh, I don't know, <laughs> There's I'm... always one unnecessary scene in every uh, Dan Aykroyd film, isn't there? Like in Trading Places, where he is, for no reason at all, blacked up as a Rastafarian. Oh, in the yeah, final. yeah. But uh, I think to find these odd films, I think it's on IMDb, not on the, on the phone one, on the web one, they've got people's lists. And occasionally, if you're thinking of an idea for films, rather than scrolling through Netflix, and you yeah. know the genre you'll find you might find a gem and then where did you actually track it down to watch it I bought it for my I bought it as a DVD for my oh, nan okay. oh yeah and she didn't really want to watch it so oh. I, I, I watched it oh, okay is it too modern for you now 1985 <laughs> yeah uh, they'll remake it with Russell Brand eventually I, though right oh, imagine that I know I know they keep trying don't they actually I think they might have stopped trying now I think so. I think he's he's moved on to being a political person, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, do, do you want to read... Spending brands millions, eh? Yeah. Talking about letters... Yeah, did we? No. <laughs> <laughs> OK, it's still time for this. This is from Adam Taylor about sour grapes. Ooh. Maybe he's got a bone to pick with us. He says, Dear David Marrick and Buddy the Dog, Knowing you're a big fans of documentaries, I thought I'd recommend a fascinating documentary called Sour Grapes. Phew. Available to watch on Netflix. (laughs) Like the best documentaries, it shines a light on a subject I knew very little about while having a very engrossing central story and cast of interesting characters telling the story in a balanced and engaging way. I'll refrain from going into too much detail about it because it's just a really interesting story that I thoroughly recommend you watch. I'd give it eight Adams. Keep watching the films, Adam. Well, incredibly um, mysterious mysterious email, just sour grapes. I mean, that's it, just the title. What would you do if we watched a film, we tracked it down, and he just filmed us? Well, so he's laying a trap for us. Yeah, we looked for, oh, we're looking for it on YouTube, and it was just this footage of us saying this now, whilst us, reading his letter. Out we didn't realise it through bushes. Yeah, just shots of you on the tube, but really just focused on your groin. <laughs> Why would you call it sour grapes if it was focused on your groin? Where, where you keep I them? I don't want to talk about where it you anymore. keep them. Um, well, thank you, Adam. Well, I'll put it, add it to the list of films we have still to watch. Um, but on Netflix, always like is something on Netflix. Um, anyone else written in? Yeah, Ben. Uh, at the bottom, he's pronounced it Ben 
Raphael pronounced the rhyme with Rachel. Ben Rafael. Rafael. Ben Raphael pronounced the rhyme with Rachel. Ben. Uh, Rafael. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. All right, here we go, Ben. Sci-fi that's good and doesn't have Jeremy Renner in it. Uh, Jeremy Renner. We started off with Jeremy Renner a few weeks ago. We did. Dear David Marriott, buddy, Chris Webb, and Danielle Fishy stood on, a possible guest. Please read in the voice of a sad, pretentious, nasal man in his early 30s who still gets ID'd buying cider. Cider. Oh. Uh, he said some nice praise about Film Fandango. Says it's better than Mark Camo's thing. Right, it's mate, not mate. about that, but it also is. Following on from last week's discussion, I mean, this is several weeks later, so because we're quite uh, quite a gap between your emails sent in and us reading out, but it doesn't mean we don't appreciate them and read them seven times before we go to bed. Definitely. Following on from last week's discussion of science fiction, I wanted to recommend The Quiet Earth to you and your listeners. It's a slow paced, intriguing little New Zealand, uh, little known uh, New Zealand sci fi with minimal dialogue and a great central character in Zach Cobson a capable methodical scientist trying to make sense of finding himself alone in the world. Uh, it was a film I saw in my early teens and I forgot the name of and struggled to track it down for a long time until Google came along. Are there any films you forgot about the names of and then later got obsessed when finding? Uh, desperately typing in garbled plot elements into IMDb search bar at three in the morning. Uh, yes, one of those many years ago now because we've mentioned it, mentioned it quite a few times on the podcast uh, but was uh, Silent Running. I just had this yes. vague memory of a man with three robots in a greenhouse and I could not for the life of me find it anywhere and then then I did um I can't remember what I googled in the end we we actually I actually talked about block uh, quite on the podcast about three or four years ago I think about which so the quiet earth the quiet earth which is just it's a basically a last man on earth film which had been quite a lot of I think it was before it was similar to I am legend right Sort of a really uh, a prequel to that. The one I was trying to find was a kid film I watched with a kid, which was a cartoon um, <clears throat> with which Blondie does the music to about a pop star, uh, about this pop group, and I remember the story being rubbish, but the actual the actual uh, cartoons were great Japanese. But it didn't really work, and it's set in the nineteen eighties. I'm literally trying to find it now, and going through Debbie Harry's discography while we speak, but realizing that her music has been on probably about <laughs> Atomic has probably been on most of the films. Uh, Two hundred and thirty-four um, films have. When used... was this film from? It was the nineteen eighty. It's called Rock and Rule. Okay. Uh. And the the drawings are amazing. It's an a, a animation about this sort of these singers whose voice can do something with the. Um, oh, the style looks bizarre. The I drawings love it. are absolutely brilliant. The artwork is incredible. Um, it's got that Disney eyes, but still very much Japanese look to and it. And very eighties. Yeah. Nineteen eighty three. It's called Rock and Roll. It's a really weird film. Um, Blondie did the music to it, um, and it doesn't work. <laughs> but yeah, it was an English. I'm reading the IMDb here. English-speaking Canadian animated feature film made in uh, Canada itself. It's quite odd, but it's worth a watch if you want to see something okay. a bit different. 
Yeah. Um, that, that's your. He answers more questions, but I, uh, I'm losing my voice there. So. All right. Do, do you want to read another one? Sure. Have you got one there? Yeah. Okay. This letter is from Buck Redbuck. A real name. Subject: Richard Jenkins. Hang on a second. Oh, Richard Jenkins was the actor that uh, we talked about a few weeks ago. Oh, that's who, right. Um, got nominated for an Oscar for that film about the refugees. That's right. Um, I mean, if you haven't been listening to the podcast in the past, that was very confusing. He's a good actor whose name uh, I don't think anyone ever knew, but certainly I didn't, but you recognise him in everything and he's great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Buck Redbuck says, Dear David Marrican buddy, big fan. Listen to a lot of the back episodes. I appreciate that I can listen to discussions of movies I haven't seen without them being spoiled, and even if they're spoiled a wee bit, it's worth it for your, the laughs. You mentioned Richard Jenkins in a recent podcast, and it made me think of Bone Tomahawk, which is a fantastic and horrific western that is well worth watching. It's one I've wanted to see, actually, for a long time. Oh, really? It's been I on my list. Before. Yeah, yeah. came out fairly recently, um, and it's Kurt Russell uh, in it, but apparently uh, okay. it's one of those that... Got no money for publicity, but people just went, it's great. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, Jenkins is so good in the film, and there are equally enjoyable performances from Kurt Russell and Matthew Fox, and for a change, Patrick Wilson even worked. It's an Old West cannibalism flick, like 1999's Ravenous, which I also enjoyed and recommend. Is Old West cannibalism a genre? I hope so. The, the writer-director of Bone Tomahawk is S. Craig Zahler, who is also a novelist and reminds me a bit of Cormac McCarthy. One day Cormac McCarthy's amazing Blood Meridian will be made into the most disappointing horror western film of all time, but hopefully I will maintain such a low expectation that I won't notice how bad it is. Keep watching the films, Buck. Yeah, I really want to see Bone Tomahawk. And have you seen Ravenous? No. It's... Uh, I remember it being a very odd film. And I'm, I'm really trawling my memory banks now. But I think it's Guy Pearce and um, uh, Robert Carlyle. Uh, oh, it does seem familiar, yeah. And they're sort of um, cavalrymen lost in the snow kind of thing. Uh, but there's also a sort of cannibalism cult sort of thing involved as well um, yeah Guy Pearce, Robert Carlyle, David Arquette um, Jeremy Davies, Jeffrey Jones uh, John Spencer anyway um, I remember it being alright, quite fun the only other sort of Wild West cannibalism film I could think of is uh, Cannibal the Musical which is the film that Trey Parker and Matt Stone made when they were still at college Okay, which yeah. is a full musical, and it's it's not bad actually for the fact they made it on no money, just going out into the wilderness themselves and recording it. You know, you can tell these guys have already got talent. Yeah, um, but those are the only two I can think of. In terms of talk, Cormac McCarthy, I mean his books. I think they started to read Blood Meridian in the road, didn't they? They're so he's so heavy in with the world he's. Sets is so the language is so mm. uh, so much so sumptuous. I can't remember. It's not the right word. I think it's really hard to try and get that in film. You know the mood he sets. Have you so, seen the adaptation of The Road? Yes, I read the book and I thought it was. I, but you know the book's always better. But particularly in terms of Cormac McCarthy, I think his his moods are quite hard to replicate. And, and especially if you're doing a mainstream film rather than yeah, a yeah. real art house one yeah um, yeah thank you for writing in 
How do people write in? If you'd like to write in and have your letter read out, then please go to filmfandango.com and you can fill out the form from there um, and have your letter read out on the programme. Um, thank you to everyone who's done so this week. Um, if you have written in and we've not read it out yet, don't worry, we will get to it. Um, we record these in advance sometimes and so it doesn't always stack up correctly. Sometimes you've emailed in and we've already recorded it this week. But we will get round to them. Thank you, and do keep writing in. Um, now, I've watched a film as well. Oh, tell me about it, it now. Well, Marek, I'm, I'm splurged in the cold weather um, mm-hmm. and watched uh, several films. Uh, but I'll only talk about a couple of them, I think, or otherwise it'll get a bit boring. But I watched um, a film that I knew nothing about uh, other than the people who were in it and the title made me laugh. Um, and this is called Keanu. Now, it came out, I think, in July this year, and it's the first feature film from Key and Peele, who are very popular in America on TV. They've got their own sketch show, and they crop up in everybody else's They've films. They've been in quite a lot of films, and they were in, Far- they were in Fargo, weren't they? In the second, That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Keanu is the name of a incredibly cute kitten that uh, turns up at the door of one of them who is depressed because his girlfriend left him. And he basically forms an inseparable bond with this cat and becomes obsessed with it. And uh, and it's the, the most important thing in his life. That's the premise for the whole film. No, then his house gets um, burgled and the, they take the cat. Oh, God. So it is a knowing, basically, comedy remake in some ways, but it does have its own story of John Wick. Which, of course, starred Keanu Reeves, and the cat is called Keanu. Ah. So, uh, basically, it's them who are very middle-class um, black American guys getting entrenched in gang warfare, pretending to be gangsters in order to get this cat back. And so, most of the laughs are middle-class guys pretending to be street. But they are so good at it... <laughs> It is genuinely very funny. Yeah, really, really funny. Yeah, Yeah. they've just and it's it feels authored as well. It doesn't feel like a lot of these um, American comedy films can, where you've got people who have their own authored voice in their own TV show, and then when they do a film, somebody else has written it, and it doesn't quite suit them. You know, the Mm. likes of. uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are falling for that. Did this get released over here? Then, yeah, it did. Yeah, are they that big? I think. I've seen a few of their skits on YouTube and they were really funny. They're, they're massive in the States. They've not really been on TV so much over here. That Maybe on some cable channels, I'm not sure. But um, I've, I've watched their stuff online and so I was like, they're good, I'll watch them. And uh, Will Forte's in it as well. He plays a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a, a load of nice cameos, actually. Um, what's his name? Uh, Luis Guzman. Who is the uh, sort of well-spoken uh, but uh, slightly high-voiced and polite Mexican man and everything? Who is always he's always playing badasses, but as kind of nice guys. Mm. <laughs> I really like Luis Guzman, uh, but it's it's genuinely really fun film. Like p- pretty stock story, I guess, but they make it charming. How many laugh out loud moments? I'd say, you know, I I'm not a big sort of <laughs> kind of guy, uh, but. I think I, I, you know, 
four or five in a film, uh, in this film, and I'd say, you know, for me, that's actually quite is good. Is it enjoyable as a story? As yes, well, it is, okay. and that's very important for me. I don't really enjoy the ones where I'm just hanging gags off something. Yeah. It's a bit boring. They, the story needs to work, and this just does. Um, the final line is excellent <laughs> as well. Um, it's it's fun. It's really fun. Like, I mean, how many, David? I'd give it probably, I think probably... Uh, Seven, actually, I think I'd give it. I, I properly enjoyed it. I don't think it's a classic, but I, I, not having seen loads and loads and loads of their stuff, their dynamic and their double act was also uh, slightly new and fresh mm-hmm. as well. I'm sure they're just doing stuff they've done a lot yeah. on TV before, but now on film. But no, it's good. It's worth tracking down, and it's now available on streaming stuff. Now available on streaming. On streaming, Mum. Um, what, and you saw another one well I've seen loads but uh, which one should I talk about um, the go- the- uh, no I'll talk about um, The Hallow which is a horror film from a Hello. The Hello. that's what it's called hello. The, hello. the bloke comes round your house he says hello and then it gets worse <laughs> <laughs> it was downhill from there the hello oh, I could tell by the way he said hello that's, that's what he's known as boom 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 no, what did he no. say? Hello. Hello. <laughs> no, this That's is uh, this is a horror film. So it's a hal- how do you spell it? Hallow, as in H A L O W. Oh, as in like hallowed ground. You see, that's a shame. Yeah, it's not the hello. The H A L L O. Hello. That sounds like a carry on film or something. The hallow. So what happens in this other hallow? Halloween. With a W then. Hello. Uh, okay, this is a film starring uh, quite a few people from Game of Thrones, or rather two. But uh, there's this young couple and their baby, and they move to Ireland because he is a uh, tree surgeon, and they he's doing research on the local forest. Actually, as a I've seen this, I think. a preemptive thing for a company that's going to cut the woods down. Yes, I've and seen the, it. It's brilliant, isn't it? The local Irish people—they all believe in the hallow, and there'll be fairies in that there wood, and they're going to steal your baby. And it's uh, and lo and behold, that turns out to be the case. And it's this weird supernatural horror with a weird black sticky fungus and these. Uh, stolen children who've become sort of zombified and it's all it's a cross between a horror film and supernatural Uh, and the main actor is the guy who's also in that 70s the main main actor plays Benjin in Game of Thrones if you've seen that he's a brilliant actor he's excellent and uh, we'll look up his name because you deserve his name deserves to be said Um, he's also in another film I saw the um, Joseph Maul is his name. Uh, when did you see this then? I saw this on a streaming thing about a year. I think it's the same one. Or maybe it's not the same one. I'm sure it's the same one. Does he end up um, pouring kerosene on a scythe and setting it on fire to wander into the woods? That image is on I've the poster. I've mixed so, up with something else. Have you? Oh, another thing with fairies in the woods. It sounds exactly... Isn't that when they get the weird... They reborn people... Rebirth people, is it? No, it's not. No. It sounds exactly like another film I what saw. What have you... Well, it's a fairly... Uh, of a family going stable to... Stable horror trope of a family... Games are thrown and, they, and the, their kid dies. Oh, you're talking about the witch? 
No. Not the one set in the 18th an- century. I'm talking about another one where... Because that's the guy... Someone dies and they put them in this weird sort of wombly pulp thing and they come back to life again. But the they film like Cocoon. A- <laughs> no, I can't. It's one of those we talked about it for a couple of weeks ago. The films you can't remember oh, yeah, what it. Yeah. Well, we just talked about it. You can't remember what it is. It's yeah. a weird film. Someone from Game of Thrones in it. They have a baby or something, or a kid that dies. It gets brought back to life, and it's weird. Oh, is it the one with uh, Natalie Dormer? The the forest. I can't remember because I didn't see that. But she was in. Uh, um, she was in. So you carry on with your one. I'm ruined this, buddy. You have by saying, "Oh, I love this film," and then it turns out you've not seen it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't this, was it? No, not. I don't know. I think oh, I can't. I don't know anything anymore. Oh, okay, mate. Let's carry on with this one because I'm just making a mess of this bloody podcast. <laughs> All right. Um. So basically, yeah, it's uh, a supernatural horror, and I don't really want to tell you much more than that. Um, but it's it, it's got it evokes proper Irish mythology and stuff, which I haven't seen people do before. You know, it, it's using proper old monsters that feel feel like they are steeped in tradition rather than they've been made up by a hipster in two thousand sixteen. How scary! I I'm not the best one to ask because I don't really find these horror films that frightening. Would it, was but, it using the new horror? Techniques of jumping shock scary, or was it more weird? It's certainly scary? it's certainly more sort of jumpy shock than sort of psychological Nicholas Rogue style writing. Okay. Uh, it's it's a it's a modern glossy looking film, but the cinematography is very good. Um, and you know, for me, I really enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. For me, uh, horror isn't my genre of you know. I can just keep absorbing it and absorbing, it. but. For me, a lot of the things that happened felt like I'd seen them before. So you, there's a lot of horror tropes. Well, and, I thought it was a different film. Well, exactly, I? and I felt like I was just watching. Uh, sometimes I felt like I was watching uh, the director's favourite bits from other films. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But that—that's that's, that's being particularly mean. I—I I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, it's got some properly creepy bits as well, and. Let's get this straight. Fine. No one says hello. In it. Hello. No, that's that doesn't happen. So that is still up for grabs as a film. The hello, the hello, the hello. I think that's a good challenge, bumming man. What the hello? There could be a character in it. The hello. Well, how many Davids? Uh, I'd probably give this six. Okay. There you go. Um, the hello and uh, Keanu. Mm-hmm. And Brewster's Millions. A weird one for films this week, but there you go. There you go. The perfect triple bill. The perfect triple bill. Um, if you um, would like to write in, that address again is filmfandango.com. Also, we do all of this for free. So um, we cannot do it without your donations, and we wish it was there was another way, but I'm afraid that's it. So if you'd like to uh, donate towards the podcast because you've enjoyed it in the past then please, again, go to filmfandango.com and click the donate button. Anything Otherwise, your child gets killed. Uh, that is not a promise, but it could happen. Who knows? Who knows? If you don't, you're directly responsible. For child death? Are, we, do you, are you sticking with that? Happy Christmas! <laughs> 
We'll be back next week for the Christmas episode. But in the meantime, keep watching the films. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.